0: Welcome to the Encounter Community Church Podcast, where we take God's Word and look at how we can utilize, practically apply it, and implement it into our lives. Welcome back to another episode of the Encounter Community Church Podcast. My name is Ken Ballard, Jr., and I am the pastor here at Encounter Community Church, And I just wanted to take a moment to say thanks to those of you who are here. Uh, You know that I've been away for a couple of weeks. One was after Easter. I was just tired, (laughs) y'all. I'll just have to admit it. I was just tired of all because of all the work that led up to Easter that week. And then also, and then last week, just crazy busy, crazy busy. But this week, I had to get back on it. I didn't want to let another week go by without being able to post a podcast with you guys because, well, I like spending time with you. And hopefully, you like spending time with me. (laughs) Well, we are in the middle of a series that we actually started on Easter Sunday called Where's the Love? And it is based off of a song by a band called The Black Eyed Peas. Now here's a sample of the song. So how many of you guys remember that? Do you have any flashbacks to that song? 2003 it was originally released. It was re-released in 2016. Both times it was released in regards to a terrorist attack. Uh, one was 911 and then the other in 2016 where the terrorist attacks I think happened in Paris. Belgium, I think there was another one. Uh, there were also shootings that happened here. And, you know, it was just a response to asking that question. Like, as I look at the world that's going on around me and the challenges that, are, that we're facing, where's the love? And I really do think that it's a legitimate question to actually be asking today. As I look at the challenges that we're having racially, uh, we just had another shooting of a young black man. Last week, and it brought back all of these feelings that people have of just the challenges that we need to ha- that we have happening here in America. Then we also had the increase in violence against those that are part of the Asian American community. Uh, then we also had the shooting in Chicago. Uh, I think it was Adam Toledo, uh, that young man, thirteen years old, out probably where he shouldn't have been and ran from the police officer. He threw a gun away. And as he raised his hand, unfortunately, the police officer shot him. So there's been unrest regarding that as well. So as we look at this, we ask that question, like, where's the love? Where's the love? And what we wanted to do over this series is we just wanted to take a moment to look at the difficult aspects of love what is it that makes love so hard because i I know that we could throw out those words like love love your neighbor love your fellow man love exciting and new come aboard we're expecting you you guys remember that (laughs) sorry i just totally took you to a place where you totally did not want to go for those of you that are 70s fans that remember the love boat That's what, that was a flashback. And for those of you that are wondering, what are you talking about, The Love Boat? Just Google it, big show, 70s, early 80s. And again, I'm showing my age, which is getting up there, but I digress. But it's easy to talk about love and how it should be and the love that we have. And, you know, we, we have those moments where you watch You're Netflix and you bend shows like Virgin River or whatever rom-com that happens to be on. And you're watching that and it brings back these feelings of love and falling in love. But unfortunately, reality doesn't always match that, does it? Things don't always end happily ever after. So how do we deal with the difficult aspect of loving someone how do we deal with the difficult aspect of loving someone so what we did was on Easter Sunday is we kind of laid down the foundation because in order for us to really understand how to love others we must really learn how much God loves us because the truth is I can't I can't give you what it is that I don't have I can't give you what it is that I don't understand I can't give you what it is that I haven't embraced so that's what we did for Easter is we, we took a step back and said, let's look at the kind of love that God has for us and the way that that love intervenes and works in our lives. And so we, we did a deep dive into love and we looked at it from a Greek perspective. We said the, our sorry, Hebrew word, which is Ahava. And we just dove into the meaning of that word because it's, it's a Hebrew word for love. They actually have seven different words for love. But well, we dove into that because the one question I think sometimes we wrestle with on Easter is, how could a loving God love me and, and forgive me for some of the mistakes that I've made, the failures that I've made in my life? I, I can see why he would forgive Joe. Joe's a good guy. Joe helps old ladies across the street. Joe is a part of the Boy Scouts. He's a scout leader in his troop, and he's helping kids. And And Joe's a good guy at work, and he's helping. I could see... Why Jesus would die for a guy like that. Or Jane, a girl like that. But why would he do that for me? So that's what we dove into when it came to this idea of ahava. And really, and it's based off of a passage where in Jeremiah chapter 31, verse 3, where God says, I have loved you with an everlasting love, and I have drawn you with loving kindness. That's that word, Ahava. That's there, and, and literally, here's what we, the conclusion that we came to is: when we ask God, "How could you love me this way?" God's response is, "How could I not? How could I not love you that way?" So, if you missed it, I just wanted to encourage you to go back, watch the live stream of our Easter service, uh, and then last week we talked about dealing with difficult people. How do we do that? And then this week, we dove into another aspect that makes love so difficult. And that's marriage. That's marriage. Sometimes love can be hard, huh? I mean, when you think about it. And there's nothing that exposes our inefficiencies, our, our deficiencies, than marriage and once a marriage has fallen apart is it possible for you to be able to put it back together for it to be healed and I think the answer to that question is yes yes depending upon the nature of the offense and what's been done and even sometimes I've seen it where some horrible things have been done to a spouse and they go in they get help maybe they get counseling they're able to turn things around and all of a sudden They fall in love with one another once again. And now they're going down a path where their love is now healthy. So it's possible. It's possible for a love like that to be restored. And if you're listening to this and you're struggling in your marriage, it is possible for that love to be restored as well. It's possible. And we dove into that this Sunday. So I want to encourage you that if you weren't able to join us for our services, but you're listening to the podcast, go back and watch our live stream. And you can take a look at what I what I talked about when it comes to marriage. But it is possible for marriage to be restored. So here's what we're going to do this week. We're going to do something interesting is, is we're going to take a look at the same verses that marked the beginning of the message last week. And what we're going to do, or this Sunday, I should say. And and what we're going to do is we're going to look at them from a perspective of us. What does it say about us? And understanding us, then maybe what we can begin to do is understand what does it mean about my spouse and how can I really love my spouse the way that God has designed for me to be able to love her. How, how do I do that? Or him. How do, I, how do I do that? How do I step into that kind of marriage relationship to be able to see it happen? How do I do that? And I think one of the things that I really want to encourage us to do is to take a moment to examine ourselves. Because I think that that's one of the reasons why sometimes we find ourselves getting in relationships that are unhealthy, maybe getting into marriages that are unhealthy, is because there's an aspect of us that's unhealthy. Maybe we find ourselves wrestling and and struggling. And I'll tell you, as I'm sharing, I just want to let you know that that really is My story is not that my marriage was unhealthy or anything like that. My my wife's an incredible woman. But unfortunately, I was unhealthy. I was unhealthy. I had some deep-seated work in me that needed to be done. But just like many people, I just didn't recognize it. I didn't recognize it. And you just continue to move on with your life and you have relationships come and go I've broken people's hearts in my past I've broken girls hearts in my past I was dating one girl but I started liking another girl and I think one of the reasons that I was just trying to look for fulfillment and happiness so I ended up you know dumping the one girl to try to date another girl But that's what unhealthy people do Because we're looking at the next thing because what we really want to do is we want to feel loved. And, and we think that there is a source that's out there that will give that to me. That I'll find that man or I'll find that woman who will make me feel holy and deeply loved and accepted and valued. That I'll find that. And then that person will come and they will ask me to be theirs. And I'll say yes. Because I found that person who will love me for me. But here's the thing. If you get married and you have baggage before you get married, and that baggage doesn't magically just you know just fall off when you say, I wouldn't that be cool. You say I do, and boom. Your past magic, your past trash just falls off, I do, boop. Your, your past struggles, boop, just falls off, I do, boop. Your past insecurities just fall off, I do, boop. Your past financial challenges just fall off. Wouldn't it be great if marriage worked that way? But unfortunately, we bring into marriage whatever it is that we have. And if we have what we have is unhealthy, then we're going to bring that into our marriage. And if what we have is healthy, we're going to bring that into our marriage. And if there's a mixture of both, we're going to bring that into our marriage too. But I can tell you what, if there are aspects of us that are unhealthy, marriage will expose that. It truly will. Because that's kind of its design. The design of marriage is to reveal us to us. Why? Why? Because, again, it says in Genesis chapter 2, verse 24, this explains why a man leaves his father and mother and is joined to his wife, and the two are united into one. Into one. So part of the goal of marriage is now you take two lives that are independent, each capable of going its own way. And now you are now beginning to go through a melding process of becoming one. And if the one that you become with is unhealthy. See, I, I think my wife became one with me, but I brought some unhealth. dishealth ease Dis-ease? Disease? Disease? into my marriage. I brought my pain. I brought my past. I brought my struggles. I brought my paternalistic, chauvinistic perspectives. I, I brought those into my marriage. And at one point, it did put my marriage on a teetering point. It, it really did. So I, I really do, I thank God that I have a woman who is Forgiving and merciful, and it's by the grace of God that we are still together and I'll let you know like i'm 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 not where I want to be yet, I still have a ton of work to do but but I see this process happening where I'm changing and growing i've been I have been going through this process of examining love and really asking myself what true love is. I think going through Two weeks ago for Easter, when I looked at the love of God and I I looked at the kind of love that God desires for us to have towards others, that's when I began to realize, like, man, this is the kind of love that I want in my life. And this is the kind of love that I want to be. Am I that? And the answer, I had to be honest, was no. There was still a ton of work in me, like I said before, that needed to be done. Because as I have said, marriage is, it's an exposing agent and whatever insecurities, whatever level of pride, whatever lack of self-confidence, whatever it is, whatever it is that we have marriage will again, expose it. So the question that we have to ask ourselves is, how do I become a better person? How do I become a better person? And I think the secret to that is to realize what God says about you. The more that you understand what God says about you, the more that it will change what you think i know that many of us are familiar we go through well i know what god says about me he says that i am a sinner yeah he does say that but come on be honest with yourself don't you have some things that you regret don't you have some things you wish you can go back and change don't you have some parts of you that you wish you have made a different decision that's all it means to be a sinner It's to recognize that. But sometimes what we don't hear is the other side of that. See, there is another side of that coin. And in order for me to get to the other side of the coin, I have to recognize where I'm at on this side of the coin. And that is, I am flawed. I am deeply, deeply flawed. But then Easter celebrates something different. That what God did is God says, look, 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 I want you to know how much I love you. I love you so much that I will give my son for you. And in giving his son for us, what it did now is open up another door. Another door to change the understanding of the way that God views us. Because if you have a child, I mean, just think about that. If you have a child And your child falters and fails, and every one of us will have children that do. Do you define them by their failure? Do you define them by that? Hopefully you don't. We shouldn't. A good parent doesn't. We don't. But then we turn around and we think that that's what God does. That God defines me by my failure. So yeah, there is a part of me that needs to acknowledge where I've messed up, where I've made my mistakes. But that's not my identity. Second Corinthians 5:17 says, "Any man is in Christ, he is a new creation, or any, any person is in Christ. They're a new creation. New, you've been changed." is what it says. And there are also passages where we are referred to as saints. That's right. You are a saint, not a New Orleans saint <laughs> But a saint, you are a saint. So in other words, when God looks at you, it says in Hebrews chapter 10, there's sins and lawless acts. I will remember no more. So when God looks at you, when you decided to choose to live in a way that brings honor to him, when God looks at you, what he sees is not failure. What he sees is his love. And what he sees is your potential. What he sees is how he's created you to be. What he sees, he doesn't... He doesn't look at you from the standpoint of your failure. No, no, he's changed the lens now. And that's why we must continue to examine, how do we look at ourselves? And how do we change that? Because if we can, then what we can do is if you are not in a relationship, you can become healthy so that when you do seek to become one with someone, you bring health into that relationship. And if you are in a relationship, then maybe what you could do is you could begin to examine what are the unhealthy things that your relationship has revealed about you and what the work that you need to do. But also you can begin to dive dive into scriptures and see how the scriptures reveal the things that are in you that needs to be done. But the reason why Jesus Christ died for you is so now you have the capacity and you have the capability to begin to live differently, think differently, believe differently. You have the capacity to be able to do that. And you have the capacity to be able to see yourself as God sees you. Holy, dearly loved, deeply accepted, deeply accepted. Falls, flaws, faults, failures and all, deeply, deeply accepted. And when you begin to understand that, now what I can do is I can begin to pursue overcoming the flaws that exists within me. Because God, if he could love me with my flaws, then what would I look like without them? And you will love me on that journey to become more, to be more, to love more, to to live more. But in order for you to do that, if you're married, I wanna challenge you, make a commitment and begin to listen to your spouse. Now you also want to make sure that you're listening for things that will make you healthy and make you better. If your spouse is abusive, you have to be careful about what it is that you listen to and what it is that you take in. If your spouse is chauvinistic or feministic, you have to be careful that if your spouse is doing something that makes you feel less than yourself, you have to be careful about that. However, if there is something that your spouse is saying, that will make you a better dad, a better, a better husband, a better person. And seriously consider listening to it and, and working on it and, and doing the change that needs, it, it will be hard to do the change that needs to be done. It will be hard, but at the end it will be worth it. And that change has to be driven by that fact that you are loved. You are deeply loved and you are deeply loved and you are wholly accepted. And as a start, there. So how does God view you? It says in Genesis chapter 2, sorry, in Genesis chapter 1, verse 26 to 27, then God said, let us make human beings in our image to be like us. They will reign over the fish in the sea, the birds in the sky, the livestock and all the wild animals on the earth, and the small animals that scurry along the ground. So God created human beings in his own image. In the image of God, he created them male and female He created them. So how is it that God views you? He views you according to his image. So what does that mean? What does it mean to be made in the image of God? I can tell you this. It means that you have value. It means that you have value. It also means that you have creative capacity. It also means that you have the ability to be able to decipher what is right and wrong and to be able to live the best life possible. It also means that you now have the capacity to be able to overcome and change your life and to begin to live out according to what it is that he sees. But you were made in his image you're made in his image so maybe for you that's where you just start at is to stand before a mirror and simply say i am made in the image of god because you may have had some things in your life that have attacked that and have skewed the way that you view you maybe you had a parent who said something about you maybe you're a loser that you can never change, that you'll never be anything successful. Maybe you had a teacher that said something like that. Maybe you had a brother or sister that said something along those lines. But but something happened in your life that caused you to not see how you were made in the image of God, that caused you to not see that you have value, that you have meaning. So then what you do is you begin to turn to other things to bring that to you. And one of the places that we turn to is relationships. And we think, well, if I'm married to the right person then I'll have value, I'll have meaning. And then what happens is you get married and it may feel good at first, but then it begins to expose those insecurities that you have. And now you begin to see like, wow, I thought marriage would change that, And I feel badly about myself. And I feel badly about who I am. I feel badly about where I'm at because marriage is not the solution. Marriage is not the solution to changing what you feel about you and who you are. It's God. He's the solution. It's connecting to Him. It's loving Him. Again, if I really really want to understand me, I must go to the one who made me, to the one who fashioned me, this week we got a new modem at our house. The modem that we had kept crashing and it kept crashing and it kept crashing. And our kids were getting frustrated, my wife was getting frustrated, the dog was getting frustrated. You know because, you know, the dog likes to watch the dog channel. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but the dog, but we were all getting frustrated. So I contacted, we have a we have Spectrum as our carrier. So I contacted Spectrum and said, hey, our modem keeps crashing. I want to request an upgrade. So I I got one. Went home, attached the new modem, went to get it going. And it was supposed to go into a certain phase, and it just would not do it. Because it was supposed to go, it'll have a flashing blue light. And then it was supposed to get to a point where it stops flashing blue and it goes solid blue. And that's when you know that it's connected. But what mine was doing is it would go flash. It was flash blue real quick, and then it would start to flash red slowly. It's like pulsing a red light, like it was not connecting, not connecting, not connecting. So I picked up the phone, and I called Spectrum, and I had called the help desk. And so the help desk said, hey, let me send a signal through, and they sent a the signal through And they said, your modem should do this. And I said, no, I didn't do that that time. So they sent the signal through again. They sent a different signal through. And all of a sudden the modem flashed and it turned off and it turned back on. But the router still didn't work. The router was the one that was having the problems. So the router was still the one that was still flashing red, flashing red, flashing red. And then all of a sudden I got disconnected from that helper. So I called back again. And I reached another person and I said, here's what's going on. And I walked through the process of everything that we had gone through and trying to fix what was happening with the router. And all of a sudden, this person says, oh, wait, wait, let me try this signal. And they sent the signal through and they said, I'm receiving now that you're getting good signal. And I looked and boom, it was solid blue. And we were up and running. Faster speeds and everything and all. But in order to fix it, I had to go to the manufacturer. I could have gone to, I could have called someone else. I could have tried to fix it myself. I could have looked up YouTube videos on how to fix it. And I might have found some things. But the fastest, easiest way to do it was to go to the creator. To the one that made it. And so it's going to be that same way with us. If we really want to see the change happen in us, we must learn how to connect with our creator. How to build that relationship with him. So then what we'll do is we'll be able to see who God has created us to be and who we are. But it's it's very interesting as we begin to just if you begin to look through some of the things that I've shared in the past, and, and I just want to say this: like racism, you know, racism. Does racism exists because it minimizes the value of a person? Sexism exists because it minimizes the value of a man, or it minimizes the value of a woman. Yes, a woman can be sexist, but it minimizes the value of a woman, or it minimizes the value of a man." So here's what we have to do is we have to begin to to filter through that and begin to find truth. You are made in, in the image of God. Thus, that gives you value. And the thing that also gives you value is you recognize what someone's willing to pay for it. I heard a story of a guy who gave his daughter a car. And he says, I want you to, I want to do an experiment with you. I want you to take it to a local pawn shop and just ask them, what would they be willing to give you for the car? So she drove it to a local pawn shop. Pawn guy came out, looked at the car, said, hey, I'll give you a hundred bucks for it. And she's like, no, thank you. And then she drove away and she came back home and she said, the pawn guy is willing to give me a hundred dollars for it. He said, now here's what I want you to do is I want you to take it to a used car lot and just so you're thinking about exchanging the car, but you just want to see what kind of value they give you for the car. So she drives to a used car lot. And then they look at the car and they say, look, like I'm willing to give you a thousand, maybe $2,000 for the car, which is more than the pawn guy. But hey, she said, no, that's okay. That's okay. She drove back home and she said, the guy's willing to give me $1,000 to $2,000 for the car. He said, okay, now look at this. Look up the model of your car, the year of your car, and see if you could find a car club. So she did the research. He knew that they were out there, but he wanted her to do the research. So she did the research and she found it. And he says, now here's what I want you to do, is I want you to take that car to that car club and just mention, hey, I'm thinking about selling my car. How much would someone here give me for it? So she goes, she takes the car to the car club And she says that, and people begin to to gather around the car. And one guy says, look, look, I'll pay you $20,000 for it. And the guy says, no, 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 no. Another guy says, no, no, no. I will pay you $30,000 for it. another guy says, no, 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 no. Don't listen to them. I will give you $50,000 for your car. And then finally, another guy that was standing in the back says, hey, I will give you $75,000 thousand dollars for the car now this is the same car that went to the pawn guy that was willing to give her hundred that went to the used car lot that was willing to give her a thousand yet in this car club they recognized the value of the car the uniqueness of the car and they said we're willing to give you much more for the value of the car and her father's point was this the value of the of the car is declared by what someone is willing to pay for it the value of your life is declared by what someone is willing to pay for it what was willing what was christ willing to pay for it he's willing to pay his life for you so that you can know your value in him so it really is key that you learn your value and who you are and who Christ says you are. And understand that if he can love you in your brokenness and you begin to embrace that love, then what you can say is, "Man, God, if you could love me in my brokenness, then how can I love my wife in her brokenness or my husband in his brokenness? How can I do that? Now, again, there is wisdom. If you are in a situation where there is abuse, you do need to step away. And you do need to show some tough love. And you do need to say, look, if you were not willing to get counseling, we're done. We're done. Because that's what abuse does. Abuse continues to undermine your value, whether it's sexual, verbal, or physical. If there is abuse, get out separate yourself and then you tell the abuser like hey this is what if we are going to stay together this is what needs to be done you need to get help and i would also encourage you to do this whether your spouse decides to get help or not i would encourage you to get counseling i would encourage you to do that and there's nothing wrong with counseling i think many of us need it many of us need it there's nothing wrong with counseling but get the help that you need so that you can begin to change your perspective and your view about yourself and begin to see yourself the way that God sees you. Change that. Change that and you'll change your marriage. Change that and you will change your marriage. Well, again, thank you so much for being a part of the podcast. Once again, it is good to be back. Hopefully this has been an encouragement to you. I promise you I will be back (laughs) next week. That's the plan. So I will be back next week. So thank you so much. I really do hope that this has been an encouragement to you. I'll tell you that this has been good for me. I I just want to let you know that you are on a journey with me. This is what I've been thinking about and going through with myself so that I can work on being a better husband for my wife. So I hope that this has helped you. It's helped me. So I hope that it has helped you. And, of course, there may be some deeper stuff that you need to get to that could not be covered in a 35- to 40-minute podcast. I understand that. Totally get that. But hopefully what this does is lay the foundation for you to start. If you're listening to us on our website, just want to let you know that we can be found on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, wherever it is that you can download podcasts, most likely you'll find us there. So go ahead, follow us or subscribe, whatever service it is that you're using. And then what you can do is whenever we post a new podcast, you'll be one of the first ones to be notified about it. And for those of you that are coming back after me being on a break for two weeks, thank you so much for hanging in there with me, allowing me the opportunity to go through that process and coming back and being a part of this podcast. Really and truly appreciate that. And as we say, encounters about three things. Love up. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Let me not forget Got some exciting news. Gavin Newsom has announced that California is supposed to be fully opening on June 15th. That's what he's announced. So if that is true, then what we've decided to do is we will reopen our indoor services on June the 27th at our 1030 a.m. service. June the 27th. Well, at our, that makes it sound like we have more than one. We just have one service. <laughs> but on June, June the 27th, we will be having indoor services once again, as long as California continues to trend in this direction, if they end up changing the dates, then we may adjust our dates as well. We'll keep this as a soft opening. So we may adjust our dates as well. But, but we'll see. Hopefully not. Hopefully not. But again, c- encounters about three things. Love up. Let's fall madly and passionately in love with God. Love out. Let's look at ways that we can love others. And love in. Let's really, truly begin to love ourselves and see ourselves the way that God sees us that way we could be the best husband best wife best father best mother best person that we can be well take care God bless you and we'll see you next week thank you so much for joining us for the encounter community church podcast if you could do us a favor whatever service it is that you're listening to this podcast on please rate and review us If there's anything that we can do better, please let us know. But by rating and review, it'll also make our podcast easier for others to be able to find. If you would like to support us at Encounter financially with what it is that we're doing to make a difference in our community, whether it's the mobile food bank, whether it's serving at North High School, or making a difference, again, in our community, feel free to head over to our website, encountercommunity.church. Click the link that says online giving. Please subscribe to our YouTube channel. That way when we post new live streams or new vlogs, you'll be updated. As well as please head over to Facebook and like our page. That way when we post new podcasts, again, new vlogs, new live streams, or have church events, you'll be updated and know what's going on here at Encounter. As we said before, thank you so much. We're so glad to have you with us. And we look forward to you being a part of the podcast next week.